show starts in 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Electricity here in Columbia, what has been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Rivers-Rice Stadium is second to none. And the rave breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Let's go, It's gone! Touchdown! Here are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Oh, watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell him, you look like you joined the dance. All right, greetings and good morning and welcome home, as they say, inside the Gamecocks of the show, live from the Sinorama Studios and built by the Barndo Company, the thebarndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home as low as $160 per square foot if you're in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee. Make your dream a reality. Visit the thebarndominiumco.com. JC, JB, and Phil here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. It is hump day, and it is good weather out there in the state of South Carolina. Unfortunately, somebody around here has upset the weather gods this year because more rain is expected a little bit later on in the week and towards the weekend where they'll be playing baseball at Founders Park. And we are lucky enough today to be leading off with the head coach of the Gamecocks, who probably has nothing else to do, like get ready for an SEC series. But he's been kind enough to join us. Mark Kingston. What's up, man? I'm, how you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, yeah, a little busy here, but I can give you guys a few minutes of our time and insight here. So you're going to have to speak fast today. Well, <laughs> oh, now, yeah, wait a second. feel comfortable, Coach, while we're here, you know, doing an interview here. So uh, let's uh, make sure we oh. get the security. <laughs> now we're talking. Now I feel much more comfortable. <laughs> now I know my backside is covered. <laughs> what, how did, what's the story behind that how'd that even start well it's a good story you know I think the first time the first time David did that was during the fourth inning of you know how they do we do these uh in-game interviews between innings uh usually when it's on an ESPN or an SEC network game uh, so I was doing one and uh he came over and he stood right behind me I think he had the glasses on and he just t- stood totally still. And after after the game, you know, we'd won. And he said, "Hey, coach, if you watch the broadcast tonight, watch me uh, on the on the television. I stood right behind you, like I was protecting you." And so I watched it, and I thought it was pretty funny. And I said, "Well, why don't we turn this into something? Why don't why don't every time I do that, you do that? And then let's let's take it to the press conferences after we win. Um, you know, we don't want to do it after a loss because it, it, you know, just because." But after a win, why don't we see if we turn it into something and you just go up to me at the press conference and uh, it's just kind of started to grow. And each time we've added something to it and David's added something to it. Uh, So our hope is that by the time, if we're fortunate enough to get to Omaha, we could do a press conference in Omaha and he'll be in full suit 
glasses, earpiece, the whole nine, and uh, and and we'll really do it right. I can't wait. So, like, is uh, if if that happens, I guess even just in the postseason, the way the NCAA runs things, you know, the blue cup rule and all those other things that they've got going on. Is that something Kent's going to have to credential one of your one of your players for to even walk in there? We'll have to find a way, won't we? We'll have to find a way. Find a way. I'll just tell him I won't do it without without my uh, without my secret service. Just so you know, his his official name is Special Agent Thirty One. Special Agent Thirty One. Oh, that is too Ear, funny. Earpiece and uh, you know, do, do you have a nickname like they they nicknamed uh, like Ronald Reagan? Uh, his call was like Rawhide. Uh, the president's, uh, the Secret Service says, do you have a nickname or you like Rawhide or well, if, like if I had one, on the move? If I had one, do you think I could reveal that to you? That's the whole point <laughs> of the nickname. That's a, uh, I didn't really think about that. I'll, I'll shut up now. <laughs> well, I mean, I, on a serious note, though, I think it, it speaks to like a, a bigger picture here about the culture in that locker room. We were talking to Monty last week, and he called him a, a bunch of misfits, and then he mentioned the Portal Mafia. Like so, now we got you. Can you describe these guys and and what I mean when you walk in there? What do, what do you see sometimes? Look, I just I, number one, I see a really good baseball team. I see a bunch of guys that love to have fun and love to be together. And that's look, that's generally how you describe great teams, right? They're they're talented. They can really get it done on the field. But then past that, they they're just a group that loves to to hang out together on and off the field. They love to compete together. Um, and it's just been a lot of fun. We, we have guys from all walks of life. We've got young freshman superstars. We've got fifth year guys. We've got a Wesley sweat. Who's been here since I've been here. Um, you've got guys that have gotten better since last year. You have guys coming back from injuries. Like every, every box, I think you can check in constructing a roster we have right now. And the great thing about it is, is it's good people, you know, and when it's good people and good kids, uh, that just makes it so much better, so much more enjoyable. Um, when there's the trust factor there among everybody, it just, it just, it, it becomes a, a situation that that allows you to do what we're doing right now. So it's been a, a tremendous breath of fresh air. Coach John Whittle had an article on the Big Spur today, this morning actually. So it's good that we got you here about some of the the six a.m. Uh, off season drills and things like that that you guys did. Um, how did that play a factor in sort of uh, the camaraderie that's been created and, and all that, that bonding time that, that you guys had in the offseason? You know, I think it's, I think it's been very important. Uh, the first thing we did as a team was we got on a bus after our first team meeting in the fall and went out to Fort Jackson together. So it was totally unbaseball related. So we wanted to intentionally set the tone with this, with this group that, all right, before we even start talking baseball and, and hit and runs and how to field a ground ball and what your approach is with two strikes, we're just going to try to build a cohesive group. And because, uh, as we talked about, we've got guys from all over. We've got returning players. We've got new players. We've got young kids. We've got old guys. We have everything. So we're going to have to find a bond so that we all become a family. You know, that, that word is used a lot. But we wanted to start that from day one before we ever started baseball. And so we had the visits out to Fort Jackson. We did 6 a.m. workouts because I think when you have to sacrifice and suffer like that a little bit together, it builds that bond, you know, that you can lean back on when when you go through some adversity. 
but we've also done some really fun things. It wasn't just, oh, let's grind it out like we're like we're heading off to war. It was let's go out to the fair together and and have fun. Let's come over to my house for a Super Bowl party. Just a lot of different things. So I think when you put all that together, you have a team that just really trusts each other, uh, knows each other and, and really enjoys being together. Yeah, and they're pretty freaking good. I mean, they're thirty four. That helps. Shit, you know, <laughs> I, that, I mean, that certainly helps. Yeah, exactly, Coach. Like, I mean, there, there, there are all the exterior, th- uh, external things we can we bring into the conversation because they all matter and they all make make you who you are. But at the end of the day, you say this a lot, and and I think that it um, it needs to just continue to be hammered home because it's true. You've got really good players. Like, you've got a good baseball team. And well, we uh, do. We do. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people sometimes are coaches are I don't know if they're scared to say it or I don't know what it is, but you, but you haven't been. You know, you tr- tell people every week, well, we've got a really we've got a damn good baseball team in that locker room. Well, and, and um, it, I'll tell you what, it's and it does, sometimes it's lost on people. It, it's taken a long time to get here. You know, Will Sanders committed like five years ago. Jack Mahoney was committed my first year here. Um, everybody's talking about Cassis and Petri and those guys, but this is, this is not an overnight sensation. This has taken a long time for us to get here um, because recruiting these days has been three years ahead of schedule. You know, so when you factor that in, you know, the, the, the new rules are going to change that a little bit. But when you take over a program over the last five years, three of your, the recruiting classes were already in the bank um, because recruiting was so far out ahead. So it's taken us a little bit of time, you know, more time than myself or fans or you guys or anybody would, would like it to be, but just the way it is, the portal is not an old phenomenon. The portal is a new phenomenon that helps you to build teams quicker. We did not have that three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. So the guys you're seeing that are huge players for us right now, the, the work was put in to build this team five, six years ago. You know, that's what I think is sometimes lost on people. So the great thing is the portal did come up. So we've been able to combine our impact in the portal with immediate impact with guys that were recruited five years ago. And, you know, you put all that together and you've got a very talented team. Um, and we have depth. You know, the, the key thing is we have depth. Guys have gone down and we've had veteran, talented players that can keep the line moving. And that's that's so important because if you had told me before the weekend, hey, you're going to play without 75% of your starting infield against yeah. Florida, oh boy. But you know what? We found a way because those guys were able to step up. They're talented enough. They stayed ready. They stayed with good attitudes. And we still got the job done um, without those guys. So that, that's something I love about this team. Coach, you mentioned recruiting and it, it- that far in advance in the sport of baseball. And I, I my background's in football recruiting. Uh, I could not imagine covering freshmen like that. In uh, football, of course, is developmental because guys grow and size plays into it and all that. Uh, you mentioned the new rules. Do you think that's positive for the game that maybe, you know, you, you kind of get a, a, a smaller delta when you're evaluating a player, uh, the older he is, because uh, you just kind of, that seems like a long road to travel uh, in any sport, you know, two, three seasons where guys can maybe go up or down, or up or down, stock rises and falls. But do you think it's more positive now that you'll have a, a kind of a more narrow, uh, a narrower approach uh, to recruiting in that sport? 100%, 100% for all people involved. When I, when I was the recruiting coordinator at Tulane back in the early 2000s, you know, we, we had it rolling pretty good. You know, we were a number one team in the country in 05 and, and back then, 
you basically recruited one class at a time. You were recruiting the rising seniors. You knew what your team needed for the following year, and you filled those gaps. What it evolved into was you were recruiting seniors, juniors, sophomores, freshmen, and in some cases, eighth graders, and it was impossible to keep track of it all. And the major league draft, 50% of first rounders never play in the big leagues in the major league draft. And so what they're missing out on college juniors and high school seniors trying to predict their future. So we were put in a position to try to predict what eighth, ninth and 10th graders would be by the time they got to play in the SEC. Impossible, impossible. And so everybody was making a ton of mistakes. You know, recruits were making mistakes because what you think you want as a ninth grader is not what you want as a senior. And so you saw decommits on that end. Coaches would see a player as a sophomore in high school thinking he might be pretty good one day. He doesn't get any better. You know, he, he, he doesn't work hard enough. He, he plateaus. And by the time he's a senior, you're thinking, ah, he's not what we hoped he would be. And so it put everybody in some very uncomfortable, awkward positions. Not to mention it put a lot of pressure on these kids. Um, for the kids that weren't getting commitments early on in their high school career, they felt like failures. And they felt like, why are my buddies committed and I'm not, even though even if they're only in ninth or 10th grade. But it also put a lot of pressure on the kids that did commit early, because if you're a ninth grader and you commit to the SEC for four years of your high school career, you have that target on your back like you're supposed to be Superman. Because if you're in some small town and a southern, you know, in the south and you everybody in that small town knows you've committed to an SEC school, you better be Superman every time you take the field. And that was unhealthy. So for a million different reasons, this new rule will benefit everybody. Kids will have more time to make decisions. Coaches will have more time to make evaluations. And parents will be able to guide uh, kids much closer to college rather than, hey, my kid just stopped watching SpongeBob, so now let's go pick college. You know, it, it, was, it was ridiculous. And so I'm glad cooler, cooler heads prevailed, and it's much closer to the, the system we had back when I was the recruiting coordinator at Tulane. Just, just so oh, we're clear, can, can, can you please just uh, t- um, give us the quick – synopsis of the new rule for our audience because some are asking yeah well basically just the the most important thing is there's no more contact whether it's direct or indirect whether it's through third parties Um, there's no there's no more contact until they've completed their sophomore year and then later in the summer is when you can start contacting them and they can contact you Um, there's nothing more you know there used to be ways around the rules and people would get creative and third parties and all that now it's nothing they can still come to our camps but there can be no recruiting conversations until they've completed their sophomore year and basically have gotten through most of their summer. Um, so it gives you much more time for both sides to make a, an intelligent decision. Did hey, you, guys, just coach? a minute. I'm going to sneak over. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to grab my phone here because I need to take a picture. Put Cromer back. Yeah, I'm going to make sure Cromer knows he was. Uh, <laughs> we were thinking about him here. I'm going to take a picture <laughs> right here so he knows. All right, got it. Did, did you coach? That. He'll did really you coach appreciate Mike? that, and that that will embolden him even more. No, that's really. going to be amazing. <laughs> did you coach Micah Owings at uh, Tulane? Were you there when Micah was I there? Did. Yeah, yeah, that that, that five team player. we had that 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 was a historic team we had there. We had Micah Owings, we had Brian Bogusevic, we had six major leaguers on that team. We were ranked yeah. number one uh, from you know start to finish, right until the very end. We'll, we got upset by Texas. Um, and we were on the cover of Baseball America that year. I don't know if you remember. I actually have it. I have it on my desk here yeah. behind me. 
Um, it's it's an autographed copy from Mike Owens and Brian Bogusevic, uh, who were you know two big time two way guys back then, both that played yeah. in major leagues. And so, yeah, that was that was uh, that was a unbelievable team, unbelievable team. I remember. I always thought it was unfair you had to play Texas in that. Uh, I always yeah. thought, man, that's that's a tough draw, even you know because Texas is Texas. So. Well, when you yeah, get home by everybody you play is good. Yeah, oh, that's no that's, that's that's true. I think was Aaron Feldman on that team from Bishop England. Aaron Feldman was just before that. He actually, I got to Tulane in two in two thousand and two, and he was. I think he had one or two years left. He was from Charleston. I remember Aaron very well, and his dad was a great guy as well. Very, he was yeah. always talking about Charleston. Now that you know, now that you bring his name up, he loved Charleston. And Aaron was a really nice player, um, really bright kid, and yeah, I, I enjoyed him. Yeah, he played with um, with Drew Meyer at BE. Those teams back then were okay. They were good. Um, Kind of turning, as I know, we don't, we can't keep you for long. But yeah, you've uh, already reached your limit here, but I'll, I'll give you a couple more minutes. Oh gosh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, how's the week been? Getting, getting healthy. How do you? You don't have to give us any major updates, but how do you feel a few days after a few days off? Well, we'll be in better shape than we were uh, this past weekend. How much better? Uh, Still, still too early to say. Uh, Lee Croy's coming along slowly. I think Cassis will be available. Um, McGill is still not ready to play, um, but we're getting closer. And uh, Noah Hall will not pitch this weekend. So uh, we're hoping maybe we can get two of those four for this weekend. But, you know, you may just see one of the four this weekend. So just keep just keep hoping. Since we haven't talked to you in a little while, uh, Ethan has not slowed down. He's just been remarkable. Yeah. Uh, in, in your words, just explain that this freshman. You've been doing this a long, long time. How do you describe this guy and what he's doing against the best pitching in the country every weekend? Yeah, I haven't seen anything like it. I don't think anybody has seen anything like this. Um, no. you know, his numbers have gotten even better in the SEC, which is just hard to believe. And so the thing I keep saying about this kid is you guys can watch him play and see the production and read the stat sheets. What people really from behind the scenes know is that everybody roots so hard for this kid because he's such a good kid. Uh, generally, you see a young kid come in like this and you're going to see resentment. You're going to see jealousy. You're going to see people – uh, wishing he didn't get all this attention. It's the exact opposite. They they think he they think he's a superstar and he's as humble as it gets. He always has a smile on his face. He's such a team player. Um, there's just so much to like about him. But what he's doing on the field is is I, I can't imagine it, there's much precedent for it. It's it's been incredible. And uh, I just knock on wood. I just hope it continues because because he can become an absolute superstar. If he's not already, Auburn Auburn is in town this weekend. Uh, the uh, you know general population people who follow baseball look and say, "Oh my gosh, they got through the gauntlet at five and three, But you're the head coach of an SEC baseball team. The gauntlet is the thirty game series. It's not just nine. Yeah, uh, Auburn is vying for a chance to get into the postseason. They know the opportunity that's in front of them this weekend. And I think Tommy Vale is their Friday night guy, and he hadn't given up a run in his last two starts, coach. So what's that? test going to look like this weekend yeah great Friday night starter they have uh, their offense is really good as well I watched them last night and their uh you know their their broadcasters were talking about their offense being one of the best ones they have had there in, in the deck in the last decade so it's going to be a real team coming in you mentioned it there's there, the gauntlet is 30 games the gauntlet is not six games or nine game stretches the gauntlet is 30 games and they beat Mississippi State two out of three last weekend, and Mississippi State was coming on as one of the hotter teams again. And, and uh, you know, 
they went there and missed, and Auburn beat them two out of three. So it's going to be great. You're going to have to play great baseball. You will never see a day where we can play just okay and think we're going to win SEC games. Everybody in this league has to have their A game to win on any given day. So that won't be any different this weekend. Could be another ace for ace weekend with uh, with Will Sanders really finding that that breaking ball last weekend. He was special. Uh, Lance says here in the chat box, "King is the king." Uh, so we we sure hope so. That's that's for dang sure. Thank you, man. Uh, I know we kept you a little bit longer than we probably should have. Go get him this weekend, and we look to see you here pretty soon. Okay. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Love what you do, and uh, appreciate all the support. Always. Thank Thanks, you, coach. coach. There you go. Mark Kingston, head baseball coach of the 34 and 6 South Carolina Gamecocks, protected today once again by Special Agent 31, is what we just learned. Right? Special, Special Agent, Agent 31? 31. Agent 31. Yeah, is that man. what it was? Special Agent 31? You get some t shirts printed up with that on it. I mean, I got a feeling there's got to really be an stupid. NIL deal out there for, for Crummer. For yeah. Something, some security company, and I'll I'll get whittle on that. I'll get whittle on that because I I think I think we could I think we could sell some. I think we I mean that's uh, market those. Uh yeah, uh, that is. Uh... <laughs> I, I've got all kinds of baseball nil ideas. Like uh, I call Mahoney the Chicago Fireballer. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know what I don't know what kind of nickname to give Ethan Petrie yet, but uh, I um. It's got to be some the natural some butter Lando butter. Lakes. He's from Lando, Lando Lakes, Lakes, Florida. <laughs> butter, yeah, that's a good that's a good idea. Butter. I I should you know I don't want to claim awesome. that as my. I'll pass that along. It's a, yeah, I remember I heard that from somewhere. So anyway, but yeah, always good to hear from Kingston, man. I mean, like I guess you know, just listening to his pre- he's a little bit different, like on air than in his press conferences. You know, he's a little bit more laid back when he's a guest and stuff. And uh, I've enjoyed our conversations with him. He's, he's got a good sense of humor. Uh, funny guy, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, well, certainly. He, uh, go ahead. Well, and I'll, I'll say this, uh, to, to, and this is maybe something that gets lost uh, to the critics. Or the, the critics, I don't know what you'd be critical of this year, but to the previous critics is is that, you know, yes, he's had some bad years. And, yes, this place has standards. Uh, that we're not being mad, but he brings up a great point. And I've thought this about baseball recruiting for a long time. Okay. Uh, and, and if you trace kind of the decline of the Carolina program, you can trace it to when they started signing these guys in ninth grade and getting commits in ninth grade. And he's right. It's impossible. I think to evaluate in any sport, you know, that far in advance. And, and he used the point of the major league baseball draft. 50% of those guys never make the league, the big leagues. So how are you supposed to evaluate ninth graders? Uh, and, and I think that was a mess. And, and I think I don't, I, I don't, I'm not criticizing Chad Holbrook because I like Chad Holbrook and I think he's a great guy, but, but you just don't know like what Kingston inherited uh, in a recruiting class, those other previous guys and maybe some in his early class that may made some mistakes in recruiting. And there was no transfer portal to kind of make up for it. So, um, you know, because like you said, you know, there's guys in their fifth year now and then the fruits of the labor are paying off. So maybe, and I, this is my hope, uh, we can flush those previous years and maybe chalk it up to just kind of the the state of baseball, a new coach coming in, a transition. Uh, and then COVID happened for God's sake, 
You know, so so I think that maybe get, get, and myself, I'm including myself in this because I was highly critical last year. Uh, and maybe that's like the information Ray Tanner <laughs> was considering uh, last season before, uh, you know, he made the decision to kind of maintain. Uh, and maybe now we're, we're starting to see what Mark Kingston and this program can be under his leadership because he's playing with a fuller deck of cards and his deck of cards. You know, mm-hmm. rather than you know maybe some some previous mistakes. That that's uh, that that's a big picture thing for me that I've I've had a hunch about baseball recruiting for a long time. That man, this is too far in advance. I mean, Whittleson are writing about eighth graders and ninth graders, and I, I couldn't imagine doing that in football at all. It's already too early in football to rank sophomores, in my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I hate I hate when I see class of twenty twenty six top whatever. It's stupid. Uh, so <laughs> hopefully the new rules will help the sport along a little bit and improve the quality. And uh, the Gamecocks specifically can get back to uh, the consistently great program that it, it, it normally has been. Well, yeah, it's uh, to, to your point and how difficult it is to project those guys. It's, it's not always necessarily about taking a commitment from them. Um, but there was a, and, and because you're right, you know, it's not, it's not a fault of, of Coach Holbrooks at all. You have to you have to stay in the game, and you have to get in front of guys. Like, if there's a ninth grader that's being recruited by South Carolina, he's being recruited by a lot of other schools too. Mm-hmm. And and so, you know, if if you want to get in front of that, you, you have to you've had to throw out offers. Um, I would really have to do some crazy homework to figure out whom all was offered when and how that kind of worked out. I, I will say this there. I know I personally know two guys who were offered um, very early, uh, as in freshman or or prior to that that it did work out for. Um, that's two. Their names were Drew Meyer and Reese Havens. Um, yeah, those guys are know, pretty good. <laughs> but but I mean, outside of that, you know, I, I don't. I mean, even Smoke, I don't think was offered till his sophomore year of high school, and um, and so it's it's yeah, it's very hard to predict, and and I do I wholeheartedly agree with you and and with coach king and i'm glad that that he brought that up that maybe that's something that's going to start to get talked about a little bit more because it's really not fair to anybody they let this thing spiral out of control and you got i mean i remember when i was 14 15 and i remember when reese committed to south carolina i remember thinking to myself what hold on i'm four we're 14 like and he's committed to carolina what the hell am i doing Um, you know, but there's just a lot of pressure that comes with that. And, um, and, and, and it puts a lot of pressure on everybody. It puts it on the coaches to get it right, puts it on the kids to, to maintain status quo. And then once they get into college, you know, are you living up to this expectations or not? Um, gosh, you know, as it pertains to Reese, I remember his freshman year, a lot of people were, were pretty down on him, you know, as a, just kind of a 250, 260 hitter and, this guy isn't really what we thought he was going to be. And this dude being a freshman in the SEC and playing every day at shortstop is really freaking hard. And, you know, he did it as well as you could have. Um, I remember Drew's told the story on our show. I mean, he couldn't buy a hit for the first couple weeks of the season almost. And people were wondering, like, what's what's the deal with this kid? He comes back home to Charleston, Coach Tanner moves him to the leadoff spot, and he hits a ball off the freaking light pole at Riley Park. And from there, the rest is history. But it took him a while. So yeah, I agree with Coach Kingston. I think that that's a point that needs to just con- be continued to be hammered home 
um, because it hasn't been fair for a long time for for collectively for everybody involved in the sport. Yeah, and look, you know, people say, well, what about Chris Lamonis winning a national championship and winning 50 games his first year at Mississippi State and all that good stuff? Well, that's a very, very good point. But, you know, you also have to keep in mind who was in charge of the Mississippi State program, you know, and, and, and before that, John, I mean, Cohen had it rocking and rolling, right? Uh, pretty good coach in his own right. Um, not that Holbrook wasn't, but, you know, it could have been as simple as Cohen didn't strike out as, as much on, on some of those earlier guys than, than Holbrook. Maybe they waited. I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it, it, Maybe I'll talk to John Whittle and he can do a deep dive into that because I, I, I you know, now that I think about it, that is an underrated uh, reason, or probably a core reason why the Gamecocks have kind of been up and down since Kingston's been here is that is that early recruiting. I, I've, I've never been a fan of it at all. And obviously baseball coaches from what Kingston said <laughs> weren't either. So, um, shoot, man, maybe, uh, maybe that's uh, – Maybe that's the deal. Maybe maybe yeah. that's kind of a key, and, and maybe it'll get back to, to whatever now with the new rules. I, I I just I just couldn't imagine as someone that's evaluated talent in the other sports, not as a coach, but you know I made my living doing it. I just couldn't. It would drive me. Look, man, when I was in eighth grade, I was probably a four star in football and basketball because <laughs> I was the height. I was six feet tall and, and awesome, but. Now it quickly became a zero star, a, a negative star, right? Mm-hmm. Well, there's just so, so many incredible variables when you're at yes. that point in your physical development, a mental development, B, and then you know, like he mentioned, like the immense pressure. And I'm glad you brought up it's like it's not just the player, JV, it's the coaches that are coaching them, you know, at this point. It was like now they have to continue to produce this top talent because it's been, you know, addressed at such a young age. And, you know, it's just it's not fair for anybody. And then the teammates, you know, that the kids are playing with too. I just uh yeah. Good, yeah, good well, good, and we, it's, don't, we don't give them credit for good rule changes enough, but this is definitely a good. Oh, it is. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the, the NCAA has figured out ways for a long, long time to screw up the the game of baseball. You know that that they're they're experts at that. How how can we make things worse? Um, but but this is certainly something that's better. And you know, like with Coach Tanner, I know we got to hit a break here, but um, I, like when Coach Tanner, you know, really kind of got things going. I mean, every freshman didn't hit for Coach Tanner. I'd say obviously plenty did, and um, and I know all those guys, uh, and and a lot of them were superstars. A lot of them were really good players. A lot of them were okay, and some of them just didn't hit. But you know, back then, you know, the the key to filling in the gaps, as compared to today, even though a lot of teams still do this, but it's certainly not like it was, was JUCO. You know, you went the JUCO route, and and that's where Coach Tanner was able to fill in the gaps and. So, you know, he could to, – to bring a freshman along, if, if you had a young kid who was ready to go, you know, Smoke, Cisco, Havens, Darnell, that group prior to, you know, Drew and, and so on and so forth. But then you found guys named, you know, Steve Pierce. You know, you, you found other dudes who were able to kind of fill in the gaps. Um, gosh, you know, Harris Honeycutt. Uh, a lot of people forget that name. But, you know, he ended up being the Friday night guy in 06. And so, you know, there's – there was that was how you did it back then, and um, and now you've got the portal, and and so with the portal you can you can go 
fill the gaps a little bit easier, but where you also have to be a little bit careful, the blind eye can't see this. That's why these, these scouting reports are so, so, so detailed and you got to be really good and have really good relationships to, to understand these kids before you sign them. But you know, back then, like I was a Juco guy, right? So you go to Juco to continue to, to get better and then hopefully play your way into this level of baseball one day. All right. Well, now you, you're getting a lot of guys that enter the portal from wherever, you know, South Carolina, NC State, Alabama, you name it, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, name a big power five program that catches somebody's eye. Oh, this guy's in the portal from from Mississippi State. Oh, yeah. he must be good. Well, not maybe always. he actually shouldn't have been there anyways. Like he might have not, he might have not should have been there in the first place. So like there are so many different ways to kind of cut the cheese and try to figure it out. Um, but obviously coach Kingston and coach Kaye and Skyler Mead and JP and Monty and all these guys collectively over the last few years, they've kind of figured it out. Uh, their record is 34 and six and they're the I mean, top team in the country. Chris Veach, didn't he come from Presbyterian? Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I, I mean, mean, he's the, he's the closer on an SEC team. I mean, Right. Uh, McGillis came from Southern Miss. Uh, Caleb Denny good came from Oral. He started at Arkansas and went to Oral Roberts. So I mean, it, it's and I found in football and basketball the same thing. I don't I don't ever crap on a kid that, that's coming from a lower level in, in any sport because when you look at the major league and the, and the NFL and the NBA numbers, there's tons of guys that make it, it's not a higher percentage, but there are guys, numbers of guys that make it, that get drafted, that, you know, play professionally in their given sport. And I think that that's one thing that kind of hurts lower level schools uh, with all the transfer portal stuff, but it does benefit the bigger programs in a lot of ways. Cause uh, again, the game, you know, everybody's always was terrified of Clemson's recruiting all these five stars and all this again, South Carolina won that game. Uh, thanks in large part to a transfer from East Tennessee State, a transfer from James Madison, and a transfer from Wingate. I mean, yeah, it's, you, know. you know, scouting, man. It's a, it's, it's an elite level now. All right, we will uh, take a timeout. It's eleven thirty-five. Happy Hump Day on Inside the Gamecocks, powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. We'll be right back. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right. Even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance 
restaurants today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock-owned. Gamecock-operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Jakar Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back in, everybody. The Signorama Studios inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are presented by Express Sunrooms of Columbia, of course. 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team to potentially talk about setting up an outdoor retreat for your backyard this summer. And, of course, Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team here in the upstate at 864-414-5271. Cindy will be happy to talk to you about all your upstate residential real estate needs. By the way, last night in baseball, uh, Auburn King mentioned that they beat Mississippi State last weekend, two out of three, and State's been playing well. Uh, but they are going to be coming into tonight's game uh, losing after losing last night to Skylar Mead in the Troy Trojans. I uh, actually... Uh, texted with Skyler a little bit this morning. If anybody had been paying attention, uh, the Sun Belt is a really good league, mm-hmm. uh, and Troy is twenty nine and thirteen, ladies and gentlemen. And mm. not only not only that, uh, they are inside the top thirty in the RPI, and um, so it looks uh, at this point fairly promising that Skyler Mead in his second season as a head coach. We'll have the Trojans in the postseason. Still a long way to go. Interestingly enough, he is a former pitching coach, of course, for the for Carolina. This weekend, they will be at South Alabama, and he'll be facing another former pitching coach for the Gamecocks, <laughs> a guy named Mark Calvey, who helped Coach Tanner uh, in South Carolina win that first College World Series. Fire, um, fire. Remember the fire, Calvey? Hashtag? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, there's and there's a particular uh, 
there's a particular fan in the Gamecock fan base, and if you've been around Carolina baseball long enough, you know who she is. She's as sweet as they come. But um, she's at every game. She's probably got well over a million autographs. Seriously, I'm not kidding. And um, I just remember to this day, she would always wait for Coach Calvi, and she'd go, hey, Calvi. And uh, so he had a secret admirer when he was the pitching coach for the Gamecocks. Um, but, Most uh, baseball players do, Jamie, as you well know. Uh, I was always jealous of you guys. Uh, anyway, hey, we got some breaking breaking football news, and this is yeah. this is kind of I'm gonna build on a conversation that I had earlier. People want to know why there hadn't been any movement in the portal, like incoming for the Gamecocks. It's because they have only have one scholarship right now. Uh, available. And, and so they're like, man, we may not be able to take anybody, you know, uh, not that they're just sitting on their hands, but there has been a departure today. Uh, Demetrius Watson, uh, defensive tackle, redshirt freshman from Fort Dorchester. Uh, I hate to see this because I liked, I thought he had a lot of upside coming out. He was a guy whose junior film was just sort of so so. Senior film was very good. Uh, ran 469 at their camp at 285 pounds. Uh, but my understanding is of the four D tackles they took last year, uh, DeAndre Martin, uh, Jamal Weish, and Jamal Weish has come on, by the way. Just want to say that. Uh, he's from Miami, kind of a, uh, left the program sort of to deal with a personal issue early in his career after enrolling early. But he's come on. If you see him, he's a monster. He is a monster. Uh and DeAndre Martin obviously is the kid from Virginia that was a receiver once and grew into a D tackle overnight. Speaking of, you know, not don't offer kids early. Uh, if uh, if he lines up next to Jordan Strong, that's two guys on the D line at Carolina that started their started their football careers at receiver. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Strong was a walk on receiver at Georgia State. So there you go. Um, <laughs> uh, and then Felix Hickson that was a little bit ahead of Demetrius as well. So I. Pretty sure it's, it's probably a playing time thing. I hate it because he's an in-state kid. You always hate to see the in-staters leave. And, you know, I, I don't know that you've heard the last of him. Everybody's always looking for quality defensive tackles. And uh, I think he, he's still got a chance. But my understanding is, you know, he was behind these guys he came in with. He's behind the older guys. And then, you know, probably behind Xavier McLeod. They, they came in uh, recently and Elijah Davis. So, you know, it's probably playing time or depth chart related. Uh, but, uh, you know, certainly you hate to lose any kid with that much time left. But, you know, I sat around and fretted losing Colby Fields to LSU. And, you know, he, he's now at Louisiana Tech. So he, he, he's just kept right on moving. So um, who knows? But uh, that, that's the latest uh, from the transfer portal for football. Well, and, and JC, I'm not, you, you never know, but I mean, um, I've got a, I would call him a pretty decent source on that. He said, keep an eye out for Sean Elliott in Georgia State uh, with this young man. Um, Demetrius. I, yeah. Yeah, I think he was um, – I think he was offered – I know he was offered by Georgia State, but I think that um, – I think it was a little bit later on in the process. And um, yeah. Coach Elliott if – you, if you're a good football player in the state, Sean Elliott knows who you are. I, I, he's – Oh, yeah. He knows every coach and has a great relationship with every one of them in our border. So keep an eye on this, guys. Yeah, and I think too. Uh, I, I think that uh, that would be a good fit for him. I mean, it's 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 when you're in the South and in the Sun Belt in specific, specifically, it's not as challenging as say if you're in the MAC to get quality D linemen, but it's still a challenge because 
you know, just like if this this kid, maybe he is more of a Sunbelt level guy. Oh, you see, South Carolina still took a flyer on him, and, and colleges will do that. I mean, big the big guys, just because D-tackle is just such a valuable position, you know, because you not only need a bunch of big athletes up there, you need depth because you got to rotate them. You know, as Muschamp used to say, and he's right about this, when a big guy on defense gets gassed, they're done most of the time. So, mm-hmm. so, and you think about some of South Carolina's best D lines. Yes, you had Melvin Ingram and 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 Devin Taylor and Jadevian Clowney and Cliff Matthews and Trevian Robertson, all these guys, Lottie Azure boy. Uh, but you also had guys like Aldrick Fordham and and, and Byron Jarado early in his career that would go in and spell those guys for five six snaps, and they they they'd hold up. And then that allowed, if you ever noticed in the fourth quarter, particularly against uh, Clemson. Most of those years during the five-game win streak, South Carolina would just, you know, they'd be fresh on on the D-line, and it was just Sac City on Taj Boyd over and over and over again. So, um, yeah, so, uh, it, it, you know, that pays off. And, and so, you know, trying to explain, well, you know, this guy could be a Sunbelt guy. People may say, well, why did Carolina take him to begin with? Well, because – you take flyers on guys that are 285 pounds from your state that run four, six, nine, <laughs> right. you know, uh, and D tackle because it's just so valuable of a position, but certainly um, I'd love it. If he ended up uh, with the Panthers over there, certainly I have all kinds of mad respect for Sean Elliott and the job he's done at Georgia state. They had a tough year this past year, but uh, you know, like I said, the Sunbelt's not an easy uh, group of five league by any stretch and uh, it's getting tougher. Uh, and so that's why, that's why Billy know, got out of there. Yeah, I think he'll some about Billy. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I can't handle this anymore. I'm going go, right. to go jump in the gator in the gator thing. So, anyway, that's uh, yeah. that's the deal there. Yeah, thanks. So. At least if I he was smart, oh man, well, heck, if I get canned at Florida, I'm gonna get about 20 million dollars or so to, to leave. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're get, paying him. Um, if I get canned, I have. Uh, yeah, yeah, Sean's mad at uh, Deion Sanders holding the practice tape uh, of a kid that hit the portal. Yeah, I don't agree with that either. Um, all also, of all of people them. are asking. Yeah, yeah Craig asking about McCaskill, the running back from Houston. I'm sure South Carolina would love to take a long look at it, but I, I think he's going to Colorado. That's the <laughs> word on the street. So he'll be part of that. Uh, Quantrill says, "Would you take Kevon Lee or Devin Ford from Penn State?" You know, again, I, I didn't – I guess I guess this got lost on me. Or, the, or And Jamie reported this, and, and his information lined up with me, that there were going to be more guys hitting the portal uh, outbound, but mm-hmm. there haven't been. And it's kind of surprised the staff a little bit. They're like, well, these guys are all staying. He's like – and a conversation I had today was like, well, some of these guys were really glad they're staying because we were worried they were going to leave. Uh, but then some of them – you know, they're like, well, you know, we maybe could use that spot, you know, and I'm not going to say who and get into who, what, when, because I don't really even know that. But uh, I uh, I think that's the challenge. And that's that's why you, you really heard very little about the portal with Carolina is that they, they're running out of space. And so, uh, you know, so Quantrell, if they had the space, I would actually take Lee and Ford if they wanted to both wanted to come. Uh because Ford, you know, he's just kind of not produced like a five-star. He probably wasn't a five-star out of school. But, you know, guys like that sometimes find their groove late and they can help you. And then I think I think Lee is a big, powerful, good running back that uh, 
definitely could play in the SEC. And Tiffany wants the edge from James Madison. Uh, so I would, you know, that would be a guy I would look at if I were them. Uh, but I have not confirmed that. And then again, the source I talked to today, just before we got on, actually, while I was doing carpool, um, it's been, it's such a busy day right now. I was just like, I just, I don't have Bluetooth in the car I'm driving. I just blew the whole, the law. I could have gotten arrested because I was on the cell phone. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so the source I talked to earlier, you know, he, he, um, that uh, the, the room is, you know, the space is an issue. And it's been one of those kind of uh, two, you know, double-sided coin issues. Like in some ways it's good. But in some ways, it's 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 not giving them a lot of flexibility. So uh, I don't know, uh, I don't know what what's going to end up becoming of the Gamecocks football portal efforts. I'm assuming they'll get some guys, but uh, I, I don't know. For right now, I don't know. I don't know that I expect a flurry of activity. Uh, you know, until maybe some of these departures happen, like what happened with Watson today. And I know we got to get a break. It's eleven fifty on this Wednesday afternoon. If you happen to be joining us late and you missed our conversation with Coach Kingston, make sure you go back and check that out for the full story on D.E.T. Cromer and his uh, post-game presence. <laughs> and now apparently in protecting inside the Gamecocks the show. Uh, somebody's going to go owe this guy a bunch of money for continuing to use his name, image, and likeness. Um, so we'll put that in JC's corner, but we will hit our final timeout of our number one. Painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Lemmepaintsomething.com if you're in Georgia or South Carolina. Anywhere. Anywhere in Georgia or South Carolina. Lemmepaintsomething.com is where you want to go. So if you know somebody that needs something painted, interior, exterior, brick, fence, stain, Scratch off popcorn ceilings, whatever it is, they'll do it. Very proud Gamecocks as well. Hang tight. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one-price, low-cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So, yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, Thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at mckellarenterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! 
You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. Let me paint something.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. And, of course, the first hour is brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy for your upstate residential real estate needs. <laughs> this damn Cromer thing has got me. I mean, it, if you go back and actually... Like now that words getting out, people have been, I mean, we've been paying attention to this for a couple of weeks or more than that, but like, I think a lot of, not everybody, like we have to watch coach King's press conferences, right? We got to know what the hell he's saying. So we know what we're talking about. And so, but a lot of people don't, I I get it. It's fine. I mean, normally people don't sit around and watch uh, press conferences on YouTube and stuff. But if you go back and watch him, it's so funny that he's just sitting there, no smiles. No movements. I don't know Stay if he has to pee or not, but if he does, he sure does hold it well. I mean, it is character. Yeah. It's it is impressive stuff, man. And and uh I, I just What I yeah. like is King at the end of every one of them, he was like, All right, we're ready. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You well, know, he, is it clear? He, okay, let's go. Special <laughs> agent thirty one. Uh, well done. But you know what? Like to his point, though, I mean, it, it, those are, um, it sounds very gimmicky at times. And, and these are only things that you really talk about when you're winning. Nobody gives a crap about this stuff when you're losing. They don't. Um, you know, and, and he pointed it out with it and he didn't, he said just because, because what he wanted to say was nobody gives a crap when you're losing. If you're pulling stunts like this, it actually looks childish. looks like you don't care. looks like all those things that you, it's negative. Um, but when you're winning, it's really, really positive. Uh, the, the, the other thing though, is that, um, when you're winning, sometimes it's because of these type things. So you just embrace it and enjoy it. And, uh, as I told somebody the other day, yeah, we'll just see what he does at the end of the season. I said, look, man, if you want to sit there and live your life in, in second guess mode, that's fine. But take that crap somewhere else. I ain't gonna listen to it. Can't control what happened last year and any other year before you can only control right now. And they sure are doing a pretty damn good job of controlling that. So get on the train and ride it. And they've, uh, they sure have been doing good. And, and they're not losing midweek games. You want to know how many top 25 midweek teams, uh, top 25 teams lost last night in the midweek? Eight. Eight. Yeah. And they don't all play, boys and girls. Ninth ranked Campbell. <laughs> they go down. 12th ranked East Carolina. They lose last night. Sixth ranked Coastal. They got 10 beat by 10 runs. At second rank, Wake Forest. You think Wake wasn't waiting on that game from when they got beat a couple of few weeks ago uh, by uh, by Coastal Carolina? That's that's not going to hurt their top sixteen, but that's going to hurt their top eight if they want to be a national seed. You got to win games like that. They didn't do it. Um, TCU beat nineteenth ranked Dallas Baptist last night. Missouri State over seventh ranked Arkansas. 
who's been struggling a little bit lately. Of course, he'll naturally probably get it going when Carolina comes to town. Um, and then the biggest upset of them all was Nichols State. I coached a kid years ago that played at Nichols State. Six to five over top-ranked LSU. Um, and and that was one of the reasons I said earlier this week that I, I – y- y'all know me. I mean, I, I, I have – I'm not a big flamboyant let's make a big statement to – like some other people in this state to, to cause a bunch of commotion, particularly in the upstate. Um, but um, I said Monday, I think they're the best team in college baseball. And the reason for that is because they're the most consistent team in college baseball. I still believe it. Uh, uh, I coached linebackers at Nichols State in 1994 after I was dismissed from the University of Miami before I went to Syracuse with Paul Pascaloni. Hmm. Uh, to Cam, to Cam's question here, and that's a fair question. It's um, you know, I, I no, the my answer, and you'll ask someone else and get a different answer, and that's fine. In America, we supposedly are allowed to disagree. Um, is it Omaha or bust? And he goes on to say maybe bust is too strong of a word, but if this team doesn't make it to Omaha, is that viewed as a failure? Uh, the the answer to that question is no, and and let me tell you why. Because there have been countless times, countless times, and you don't have to go any further back than last year to where the, the best team or one of the best teams in the country, maybe viewed as a favorite to win it all, didn't even get there. And that yeah. was Tennessee. And you can't make an, – there's no argument to be made that Tennessee was not one of the eight best teams in college baseball last season when you looked at their roster and what they were able to achieve and all those type things. But they got beat by a team that was also really darn good, that got hot at the right time, and a couple of things didn't go their way, and that happens in this sport. And this team Carolina had lost to Louisiana Lafayette in the Supers. Exactly. And and but this the question glows more today because of the struggles that have been mm-hmm. most under Coach Kingston. I mean, he did get to a super regional in his fresh in his uh, freshman year, his first year. They did host the regional a couple of years ago, but between all of that, um, two thousand doesn't count. But between all of that, it hasn't been what we historically view South Carolina baseball has. So the answer, my answer to that question is no. Um, I, I I would strongly disagree with somebody that calls it a bust. Now, if they if they down the stretch can't win any games and they finish the year they have thirty four and they finish the year with thirty seven wins, we're having a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but this team, if they stay on track and then they get upset before they get there, unfortunately, that's baseball. Yeah, I mean, like, what if this team wins the SEC? That That's only happened uh, four times. There, there's only four SEC championship uh, overall trophies. There's more divisions, but uh, that's only happened four times in school history. One of them was the 04 tournament, um, the one year Carolina did well in Hoover. Uh, you, you know, it's, it hadn't happened since 2011. I mean, winning the SEC – uh, doesn't matter in terms of your seating and, and all that. And I always say Carolina's going to be judged on, on how far they go. But, you know, you get knocked out in the Supers or something like that. Will it be disappointing considering where this team oh, is yeah. if they don't make it to Omaha? Absolutely yeah. it'll be course. disappointing. Of course it'd be disappointing. But, but yeah. will it impact Mark Kingston? No, nah, I, I think he's done enough. And I think he's got a good enough team coming back, too, to where you, you don't upset the apple cart. I think you just keep right on rocking and – and uh, and keep the momentum going because, like I said, when you look at all that he did deal with, you know, his first few years, and, and nobody was happy, including myself. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite and be like, "Oh, I always told you he was good." 
<laughs> I didn't. I had some serious doubts. Um, and if this team were kind of struggling, we were sitting there talking about, well, they really need to beat Auburn to to get back in position to host or or, or to maybe host or to maybe make a regional. That's a different conversation. But this team's top team in the country right now, um, and and they play like it. And you know, the the one thing Kingston said when we first talked to him before the season was, they hope they stay healthy. Well, they hadn't stayed they hadn't stayed healthy at all. No, yep. and they've overcome. So that's that's good coaching. That's good roster building. Uh, the camaraderie and all that that he talked about, that's coaching. That's leadership. Um, you know, I'm not – you always got to take the whole body of work, right? But there are signs there to me based on this year that this is not a flash in the pan as much as it's a riding of the ship. And, uh, you know, you could have hired Dan McDonald. And he could have come in here and, and done this or whatever and, and or anybody else that, that, you know, could have replaced Kingston. But, you know, the bottom line is Kingston's doing it. So if he's doing it and he's the guy you believed in and invested in this whole time and stuck by, you know, there's no way in hell you make a change, uh, even if you do fall short of the goal of Omaha. But uh, I do, I do, I will reiterate, um, I've never been to Omaha. It's driving distance. I mean, six hours and a half across the great state of Iowa to a gigantic nest in Des Moines. And, yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, and so really that's all there is. Uh, and uh, so I want to go. So I'm going to be disappointed if they don't make it, um, you know, but barring a, a collapse, as long as this team keeps going on, you, you can't really say, you know, that, oh, well, they didn't make Omaha, so let's blow it up and start over because that's, that's just not – how this sport works. I mean, the, the Braves were a better team last year than they were the year they won the World Series. Did you fire Stickner or Snickner? Snicker? Snicker. 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 Come on, you damn Snicker. White Snicker. Sox guys. Great. Yeah, Snicker. Yeah, we, we need to go give Snicker a beef sandwich and a swift kick in the nads and let's have him coach our team. Your team sucks, sir. Your team has probably more. Ta- your team probably has more talent than the Braves, and they're seven and seventeen. Bunch of losers. I don't know about that. The Braves are that they've built that farm system is pretty darn good. Really good stuff here in the uh, Nana Sports chat box. I want to get to some of this, so we'll hit our uh, final time out of uh, now past hour number one. We'll continue. We've got some. There's some draft stuff to get to as well, pertaining to Gamecock football. And, um, and so we'll have some of those conversations. So everybody stick around. Teed up by TravelingCountryClub.com. Inside the Gamecocks. We'll be right back. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting NanasPorch.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 
Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball, and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by TravelingCountryClub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options, and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with J.D., J.C., and Phil. Go Cox. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, second hour of the show, coming at you. <laughs> Presented by Express Sunroom of Columbia, <laughs> 803-446-4662 is how to get in touch with John Barber and his team about how they could potentially enclose a porch or a patio for you this summer so you can enjoy the sunshine bug-free. <laughs> hey, put put, uh, put Kromer back up here. Oh, hold on. I got it. Let's see. Are you it's okay? All right. You ready? Plug, plug the, let him hang out with us the rest of the show. Want to hang out here? Yeah, keep him. In let him. He needs to protect me from the White Sox fan next door that probably heard me. Sorry, I like that yeah. one. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, By the way, Jack Mahoney, how about? I don't know if you guys listened to the uh, the the traveling country club spot just then, but mm-hmm. Jack Mahoney, it's Jack Mahoney from Carolina Baseball. He, he and that. Uh, by the way, Jack you know, Mahoney. Is, Which tastes like, I'll tell you that. Jack Jack Mahoney is going to be at the Carolina Rise event uh, tomorrow night in Columbia. He's confirmed, and we've got another superstar that's probably can't, yeah. can't. I don't want to say it, but let's just say you folks are going to be at the event that love baseball. You're probably going to be happy. Um, but so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get him and Nat talking. Like a bear beef sandwich, beef oh, sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> white sacks, sacks, white sacks. Jack Mahoney. Ask, she says, uh, Jack Mahoney gonna be ask, there. Ask Jack tomorrow night. Ask him um, how many runs he, they're allotting Auburn this weekend. <laughs> how many do they have left? How many, hey, Jack, how many has Auburn got left in the tank? They, how many, how many five, runs? Four, five in the first round. Well, they only got three left, so we could just. Jack, if uh, if uh, Auburn scores four on Friday, uh, how many more are y'all giving them this weekend? Did they have seven? Or it's like he's drawing a deck of cards up. Oh, it's, it's, it's a couple of aces, so you either get uh, 
Two over 22. You know? <laughs> no, I think, uh, I mean, as long as Cromer doesn't care, this is something we probably need to kind of. I was doing one earlier. On like, I was putting these together pre-show this morning, and I'm, I was I was in the middle of assembling one that had like 18 different Cromers on there, like an Agent <laughs> Smith and like, you know, the Matrix or whatever. I may, may whip that out at another time. Ne- ne- next person that, uh, that gets out of line in the Nanosports chat box, Special Agent 31 is going to be on your rear end. That's right. So <laughs> yeah. you, better, you better watch what you say around here. We're not going to put up with it anymore. Not to mention that this is coming from a guy that bleeds, bleeds, Garnet. Like, I, I get yeah. it. You know, I understand it. You know, you, you want one thing your whole life is to strap that uniform on. It's all you want. And, and he did it like some of his family have done. And um, he's not, you know, he's not an everyday guy, hadn't played in a while, but he's got a role in this team. And it's just, um, again, goes back to what Coach King was saying earlier. It's it's pretty, it's pretty impressive. It's, it's a far, very good group, so. As far as, well, and, and hey, look, Monty, you know, you heard it, Monty. I tell you, I'll, I'll, I could say this, like with, what those guys have said publicly, at least to us, Monty last week and Coach King this week. I tell you that, like, behind the scenes, when you just, you know, text them with them or talk to them or whatever, it's it's the same thing. They're like, man, it's, 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 this bunch of guys is just a bunch of goobers. But they, but they get after it, too. You know, it's not like they walk in the locker room and they're, you know, just joking the whole time. Like, they're there to play ball. But they also have some personality, which is, which is pretty neat. Um, I, I like Cam's optimism there. We will get to Omaha. Yeah. And it, and a lot of that, you know, it, you got to remember, it all depends on the seed um, and and what you draw. Is on that note, like I saw this morning, and I'm not a huge fan of the guy that wrote this column for Baseball America. I'm a D1 baseball guy. But I, I always do find it interesting just for talking points here and there if it's something that might fit what we're in to kind of glance around. And Baseball America rolled out, um, you know, their weekly uh, projections, and um, they've got the Carolina as a as a three seed. Now, remember last week they had them as a nine, so they swept Florida and they moved up six spots. But what's interesting is the four seed, who would be the Gamecocks' first opponent, would be Alabama State. The three seed would be a really good team in this state, Wofford, and the two seed, Texas Longhorns. And um, if you ask me, bring them on. Bring their rear ends right back to Founders Park, and let's do it again. Um, they're they're not as good this year as they normally are. Are they capable? Of course. But uh, that's not a team that, like, anybody should shy away from. Matter of fact, this Carolina baseball team, if, you, if that ended up happening where they had a, a, a Texas as a two seed, they would welcome that with open arms. Oh, they'd be hanging from the rafters at Founders Park, right? And then watch Texas. Now, Texas baseball is a little different. They're they're championship level, right? But in other sports, the Longhorns, <laughs> they tend to choke, right? Yeah. Uh, and so you could even see something where um, kind of like when – remember when Clemson came a few years back, lost to Liberty uh, and got bounced, I think, and they, the Carolina and Clemson never played. Is that true? Did that happen one year? Uh, Clemson came to the Columbia Regional, but then lost uh, two uh, games or something. In 2012. Hold on. 
2012. I, I, I thought 2012 was when they actually played each other. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, some teams, there was something that came in that was the, the cat's meow or somebody and, and Storm Toman beat them and, uh, and knocked them out. And Carolina ended up having to play Liberty or, or whatever. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe in, in classic Texas fashion, they'd come in here and, and Wofford would light them up pretty good. Then they'd, they'd screw around and lose to Alabama State. And uh, go over two, and you'd never get to see the matchup. Yeah, uh, Wofford anyway. swings it well. They swing it well. Yeah, yeah. So um, that, that's the deal there. But yeah. Oh, Jan, by the way, is going to be at the event. That's the guy I was I was going to say the superstar. Oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, speaking great. of Jan, Kevin, 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 and Jan and I, and my friend Margo, and my friend Jason, and my lovely fiance, we all went to the Kentucky football game together, right? Uh, went out to eat at a great steakhouse. You know, like Jan and Kevin are buddies, and Kevin lives in Nashville. He said at the Vandy series, he sat beside the woman with a million autographs oh, and the Vandy Whistler. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Man, I I guess I must have just had the sound on mute mm. uh, because that Whistler got on my daggum nerves. And then I looked, I said, who is this guy? And it's, a, it's an old guy, you know, it's a senior citizen, retired doctor or something. Uh, but he does have a punchable face. And he's, still, like, and he's still alive. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, he's like, not really aware. And he's not. Looks dead. like that guy, one of those guys like you see at the end of the bar, and he's, he's, he's old, but he's had too much to drink, but he's just like a crap talker. And, you know, he walks by you and coming out the bathroom and gives you a dirty look like it's his bathroom. You know, that kind of guy. Yeah. So, but he's definitely a punchable face. Yeah, so, Cam, that's a real person. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, Cam, that's a person. <laughs> yeah, he's been doing this a while. He's, well, there's two of them. Or, there's two there's, of them. Yeah, there's they're two of little, them now. They're a little team. But that started in Omaha. There was only him, and then a few years ago, or a couple of years, a little while back, they were in Omaha, and then all of a sudden you you felt, you're like, well, now wait a second here. How is this guy, he's not even taking a breath. But it wasn't, because there was two of them. And so now, yeah, it's, now there's the folks in Omaha are, like, you remember when Carolina, um, became the team of Omaha. Like mm-hmm. they, they became the, the every, the, they embraced South, South Carolina was the team, like the Omaha people were pulling for to win uh, just because of their makeup and how they did things. And, and it was just magical. It was like, oh my God, these guys are unbelievable. Well, Vanderbilt's the polar opposite of that. <laughs> like in Omaha, they're like, oh, great. Oh, them again. Oh, no, 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 yeah, no, no, <laughs> not these guys. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't bring these guys. They love when LSU comes to town because you know it's going to be a party. They love when South Carolina comes to town because they bring a lot of fun people too, but also they're just the brand they play. Like there are teams that that town has embraced over the years. Vanderbilt is not one of them. Uh, so, yeah. It, it's awesome in Omaha when Nebraska or Creighton, and they've gotten there from Nebraska. Remember Carolina put Nebraska out? Well, uh, it, yeah, that was in 2002. That, 2002, I remember because Carolina got skunked by Georgia Tech first game. And I remember te- uh, calling my buddy because we didn't have text messaging back then. Uh, I remember calling my buddy Skip, and I was like, well, the season, uh, he called me. And I was like, season ends today, buddy. <laughs> and I remember, I think Yaron Peters hit a three bomb late. Yeah. Put him up 10 8, and they won. So I was, uh, Pretty happy about yeah, that. That, was, that. But that was a sea of red. I mean, the Husk, Huskers sure. have great fans. Uh, if they were better in basketball, they'd probably support that as well. But uh, 
boy, they, they filled it up. And I remember one year Creighton was there. Creighton's in Omaha. There was, it was kind of a nice uh, scene at Rosenblatt because the, they're the Blue Jays. And so they, it was kind of, there's a lot of blue in the stands. So it was pretty solid. So anyway. Yeah. yeah they, um, I, I'm, again, I'm still surprised that Creighton is a little bit better than they usually are. To the injury thing, real quick, before we went to break uh, at the end of that hour, though, um, day, uh, day, I think I'm saying that right, D A Y E, uh, said, luckily, none of our injuries have been season ending. We'll see on Hall's back. And, and you're right about that. Uh, getting Costas and Lee Croy back in the next 10 days uh, would be big, which, um, again, reading the tea leaves here using. Coach Kingston's words, and and then kind of just check it in behind the scenes. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Costas, Costas this weekend. Um, Lee Croy and and um, McGillis will be more than likely fairly close to each other when it comes to getting back to quote unquote full health. Um, but remember, remember too now, South Carolina brought Ricky Williams in from Clemson to pitch. Like he, they they were planning on him playing a lot, and he went down. They also did the same thing with Roman Kimball, who we had on the show. And he he was going to be a huge part of this deal when when they brought yeah. him in. So, you know, when you when you add it up and you you think about what the staff has been able to do this year, and then you think about the fact that they're they were already down those two guys coming in, and then down their Saturday starter, you're talking about two. You're, de- you're definitely talking about three, but two guys that we were really really confident they were going to be counting on. Not to mention the fact that um, that Will Sanders wasn't. You know, Will Sanders really for a while, and 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 who knows what we'll get out of him this week. Hopefully, he's kind of back on track. But the point is, like what um, what Coach Kingston said earlier, the depth and the pick me up, like that's there. You know, you've got it. I know, um, I know that you know some guys here and there certainly have. Str- Will Will Tippett certainly is really struggling with the stick, but but he's played really well at second. And I mean, everybody, all of us out there put ourselves in Michael Braswell's shoes for one second just as a human and think about that you're you're a top player in the country you go think about it in any industry in the world you're, you're the best at what you do. you're the best insurance guy you're the best mailman whatever it is and they they recruit you to come in and be a significant piece of the puzzle early in your career you start every game it's short you're in the lineup every day you're so good that you're even you're, you're even on the mound. They're, you're pitching for them, too. I mean, you're an integral part of this thing. And then your sophomore year, when you generally are expected to really kind of turn the corner, you're not even playing, right? So, like, if you think about that just from the human element of things, of, like, how easy it would be to just toss in the towel, even if you don't quit, you're not really engaged, you're just kind of floating along, your feelings are hurt, and – you can make a strong argument that one of the key cogs to the success this season at the level at which it is, is Michael Braswell. So what if he doesn't get that hit at Georgia? What happens the rest of that weekend? I I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure they would have won at least another game, if not both, but they wouldn't have swept them. And look what Georgia's doing now. So what happens if he doesn't get that hit there? What happens if he doesn't get the hit a couple weeks ago at home? I mean, what happens if he doesn't make that play at third last weekend? This kid has been locked in. So hats off to a guy like yeah. Michael Braswell. And Kevin pointed out Jacob Compton, the transfer from Memphis, was supposed to be absolutely an integral yeah, thank part you. of this group too. He, he had eleven yeah. dingers and fifty six RBIs. And Je- uh, matter of fact, uh, Kevin, you could make the strong argument that Compton was probably your starting first baseman. 
coming in. Yeah, he's first team all 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 American conference last year, led the league in doubles. I mean, I remember when they got him out of the portal. Whittle was telling me about him. He's like, this guy for kid from Memphis is good, you know. So absolutely, who knows? Casas was probably your DH, and you know, you talk about depth. I mean, they golly, you know, if everybody in the in the room was healthy. I don't know if there is a deeper team in, in the country. So, yeah. yeah Cam, Cam mentioned Braswell going back to the bench if everybody gets healthy. Uh, according to Whittle's report, and I, I don't believe think he's everything going- he writes, he said they're just going to go with whoever's hitting the ball best. You know, they're not – They're not. Yeah. it's not a situation where, um, you know, you, you, you don't uh, – you know, you, you just put Braswell back on the bench, you know, if he's if he's hitting like he is. So no. that's good. Lance Player says Tamia Duarjaye, the DN from Kentucky, is in the portal. I wonder, was that the kid that that was the freshman? Um, let me look him up because there was one, some freshman DN at Kentucky this year that was really good. Tamiwa, Tamiwa, Tamiwa Durajai. Wasn't it Durja? Anyways, Durja. I'm not trying to correct you. I'm just trying to. I don't know. The thing about conference guys is you have to ask yourself yeah. first and see a grad transfer because that's the only way he doesn't have to sit a year. Hmm. He is a redshirt freshman. Oh, he's the kid from Delaware that was Braden Davis's. Uh, hmm. Braden oh. Davis's. Teammate. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Carolina passed on him out of school, but he's two two eighty. I don't think Carolina's going to go on him. Because he, he he looks like he's growing into a D tackle. Uh, he was a little stiff, uh, you know, coming out. Kentucky took him, um, but uh, I don't see him coming back uh, just because he he doesn't he, he's not he was an edge out of high school, Lance, and not uh, yeah, Joey. They offered him, but they didn't. They kind of just let him go to UK because uh, I, I think they felt like he was going to grow into a D tackle, and they've already got they already had those four. Uh, that they liked uh, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't know that Carolina will will be there. Uh, Corey, you asked about will Compton play again per Whittle. No, he says it's looking like a red shirt for yeah. him. But yeah, hey, I, they'll use him next year. I mean, you know, yeah, very, still very good. unlikely. Yeah, they're not going to play on that. So you know, so there's that. All right, it is. Uh, and uh, and Jamie point and and I had that in my notes, Jamie. I usually wing interviews i try not to script them too much but i I, that i did jot that down to toy around with king and say tell him hey look the only thing you've really screwed up this year was not starting petri in the first two games uh but 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 i forgot after we started laughing at the cromer stuff but uh, yeah he i'll we'll have to send him a text after the show or something hey man what the hell were you thinking in february (laughs) the easy retort to that is hey it was like that gave him that drive he needed to produce right (laughs) yeah yeah this this kid uh, he is uh he is something no doubt got an interesting text a minute ago that i'll read to you when we get back uh comparing cole messina to someone else and i do want to get into this nfl draft stuff where some of the gamecocks are kind of listed with tomorrow night being the first night um of uh, of this weekend's selections so we'll make sure that we that we get to that but uh, the barndominiumco.com the barndo co builds or has built inside the gamecocks the show if you live in tennessee georgia god help you if you're getting barked at over there in the great state of georgia but if you are and you need a you need to get away from it you got a piece of property you want to build on that's where you want to go if y'all never heard of the Barndo Co, these Barn Dominiums, 
this is like the new thing. Wind rated up to 170 miles an hour. I mean, it's not a gimmick. Like, this is what people are building now. Head to the barndominiumco.com. We call them the Barndo Co. This company was started by Gamecocks, too. You've probably figured that out around here. Our theme is Gamecock owned and operated, and uh, mm-hmm. that's that's exactly what they are. The Barndo Co., the barndominiumco.com for more information. Jan, I, I, um, I, I, di- I didn't see uh, what question you asked a little while ago, if you could – Ask it again, and we'll try to answer that on the other side of the other side of the break. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I don't think outside of fan plans, which is kind of it was more of a partnership. I don't think we have a single sponsor that's not Gamecock owned and operated, or at least Gamecock affiliated. Because mm-hmm. uh, Kevin, McC- Kevin Kevin McConnell, he's a he's a big Gamecock, the mortgage guy, Tony Pope, huge 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 Gamecock mm-hmm. fan, a good mm-hmm. friend of mine. Uh, Electric bikes, uh, those people are Gamecocks. Uh, Charleston Fitness, Gamecocks, Barndo, Espresso, John Barber, gigantic Gamecock. Um, yeah, we don't oh. have anybody that's not a game. So this is a good, I love this. I love this. I love it. I, I was just, yeah, I, I love our sponsors, man. Spend your money with people who have common interests and most importantly, actually, because uh, oh, we know all these people, they are all really good people. I can't believe I didn't mention this already. Shout out to Sinorama and yeah. Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I was trying to get a banner made banners made for this uh, shindig and I'm not a graphic designer. And, uh, I, you know, it, 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 I, I was supposed to order them for Vista print and then they said they were out of stock. So it was a, it was a fiasco. One phone call Jamie makes to Matt, Matt not only gets it, he redesigns it and touches it because he, he corrected my crap. And now we got fantastic looking banners uh, for the for the events this weekend, for the players to take photos in front of and all that. So shout out to Sinorama. They're wonderful partners. I um, uh, just can't say enough about it. And, Craig, I did get your email. And speaking of Vista Print, that will be in my response to that. But don't worry, I've got it taken care of. Just uh, I'll explain why. It's, it's, there's been a little delay. And, and somebody else ordered a black one, too, at the same time. Same delay. But I promise I'll have those out. It's definitely on my radar. I just have to – I have to do uh, – do a little search for the stock and cam says, well, I'll be in Charleston. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to both. I'm flying into Charleston tonight, meeting the fiance who's coming from Dallas from the world robotics championship. She just texts me. NASA's here. Great, honey. Uh, her oldest son is on the robotics team, right? Yeah. You know, so anyway, she's over there cheering him on. Uh, and she's meeting me there. Oh. going to Columbia tomorrow. My brother will be there. Uh, and that's, Taylor. That- Hey Cam, two cams don't make a right because his yeah, wife's Cam yeah. too. Now, now in Columbia, Cam we're Schubert. gonna have some Schubert. We're gonna have <laughs> we're gonna have a little more local. We're gonna have some celebrities in Charleston as well. But uh, the Columbia one, Taylor Edwards, director of football player personnel, who we've had on the show, will be in attendance later. Um, and uh, that I said before, Jack Mahoney, pitching coach Justin Parker has confirmed. I think Scott Wingo's confirmed as well. Last time I talked to Whittle, and then uh, another very special baseball player uh, has confirmed. I just don't want to say his name. <laughs> I don't want to jinx it. Uh, but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Nana's Porch is Gamecocked owned and opera. Oh, big time. Big time. In fact, Chris from Nana's Porch is going to be in Charleston, you know, for the event. He and his wife are coming down. It's going to make a weekend of it. Cocky talk, absolutely. There are tickets left for the Charleston event. They're selling pretty quick. I mean, we're not. You know, Charleston outsold Columbia, 
because uh, I think it's just the timing of it and all that. But uh, Phil will put the link up to the uh, to both events and to the rain check package here in the chat box directly. So we'd love to see you out there, Cocky Talk. Uh, Hootie. In fact, while since we've been on the air, I've, we've sold four or five more tickets, uh, two or three more rain check packages. So I've, I've got a lot of work to do before I take off later today. Funny story <laughs> about Hootie in Charleston. Uh, Jamie, my, my dear friend, Mr. Smoke, literally thought that that was Darius's name at one point in time. So Hootie. <laughs> we, we had to correct him on that. This only happened about four years ago. You'd think that, you know. Well, remember on. they in Jerry Maguire, Cuba Good Jr. Like, no, I am not Hootie. Dude, I, I told Justin, I was like, oh, come on. You got that didn't just come out of your mouth, but anyways. All right, uh, we got to go to break. Uh, so don't go anywhere inside the Gamecocks. The show built by the Barn Doco. We'll be right back. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside. All of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan, and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Cool Joe, And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget, Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well, and they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online, nanasporch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O, signing off. End of summer, go Tiger. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama Columbia and go Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. This is Colmacina from the Yardcocks. Electric Bikes of Charleston powers inside the Gamecocks, the show. Be sure to check them out online or in Mount Pleasant. Go Gamecocks. Welcome Crumber. back, everybody, to Inside the Game Facts of the Show. I mean, I almost didn't remember to do my job. I hope we don't get dinged for that. And that was great music. 
that was from uh, JC's porn collection. That was. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a great beat, and you can dance. To it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, JC. I don't even think you heard that. Uh, he did. He's obviously right. distracted. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're sorry that uh, you know. Let's, let's get anything we got to say about him publicly. Get it in now. Why he's not paying attention? I hate to bother you. Workflow with the uh, you know show. <laughs> yeah, well, we apologize for this thing. You know, we uh, we'll... hey, I haven't I haven't been typing. I mean, that's uh, obviously complete. <laughs> uh, speaking of the show, by the way, uh, tomorrow at eleven thirty, we'll be joined by the uh, newest Gamecock to have his jersey retired. Kip Baltnight uh, will be on the program one day ahead of the Tigers in South Carolina taking the field at Founders Park. But Friday evening will be an incredibly special night for Kip and his family and for those that played with him. Uh, if you know Kip, first and foremost, he's an outstanding person. Uh, and he continues to give so much of his time back to Gamecock baseball by way of the television booth these days on the SEC Network+. Plus, He will be... Uh, for those that haven't heard or, or don't know, just the third. Third. Think about this for one second. Third. You could you could roll off a list of 100 guys that we all probably would have an opinion on who should have a jersey on the outfield wall at South Carolina. He'll be the third ever. And the other two's names are Earl Damn. Bass and Ray Damn. Tanner. Uh, so, Kip uh, Baltonite, well, with his 45-12 and 12 career record at South Carolina, be just the third to have his name out there. 457 career strikeouts uh, in his time. And, of course, he won the Golden Spikes Award in 2000 by virtue of going 17-1. and one. So. Oh, well. Yeah, man, it'd be good to get Kip on. That is, if he doesn't big time us and he actually shows up. This time. No, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, well, he'll actually <laughs> he's going to be. Um, he's actually going to be. I don't know if he'll be on uh, video with us or not. Um, but he will. Um, he will definitely be. He's going to be on his way to Founders Park for an interview at twelve o'clock. Probably something that will be aired or something during the game on Friday. But, yeah, Kip Bolt night tomorrow at 1130, uh, the third Gamecock to ever have his jersey retired at South Carolina. They don't retire numbers, remember, just jerseys. Yeah. That's I, good. Incredible. You know what? I'm so happy that's happening. So, it's well-deserved. I mean, you know, think hard, about it. <laughs> hard to believe. Yeah, it's. I mean, he's been 20, uh, 22 years removed from pitching at South Carolina. It's hard to believe it's taken this long because the, the, the um, university rule is five years. Like you, you have to be removed from playing five years before you can be considered. So anyways, all right. That uh, That's like Cooperstown. Do what? That's like Cooperstown. I'm going to be retired for five years, right? It's still that way, isn't it? For the pros. Yeah. I, um, I mean, yeah, it's I, different there, but. I also have a – so this is from a loyal Gamecock fan. Um, he, he can't make the event – either event this week. But mm-hmm. 
So, JC, I'll have to talk to you to figure out how you want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll mention his name for those in the low country that uh, this will be a quick plug uh, for his business. If you've ever seen Palm Casual in the in the low country, that is owned by Aaron Beasley, um, who is a hard hitting lifelong Gamecock. His whole whole family is uh, an outstanding Gamecock. As a matter of fact, and uh, he just, they just had. As a matter of fact, he just had a, 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 a he's got three a three week old now, um, but. He has bought he bought a ticket to Columbia on accident. He meant to buy it to Charleston. He bought a ticket to Columbia, but he also cannot make the Charleston event, but he's bought a ticket in Charleston to give away for us to give away. Okay. Okay. So we he bought two Um and I told him, I said, Well, I'll get JC to maybe flip one of those into a rain check package for you, as long as that's okay for you. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll flip the Columbia one to a rain check package, and uh, you know, first you know, the first person that emails inside the game guys at gmail dot com, you can have the Charleston uh, ticket if you'd like. So, if you heard that, uh, the first person to email inside the Gamecocks at gmail dot com will get a free ticket to the yeah. Charleston event on Saturday, courtesy of yes, Jamie Churchill, the Beasleys of James Island, courtesy of Aaron Beasley. <laughs> Uh, and if, you, if you're looking for anything outdoor furniture and that stuff, there's literally nobody that has anything better than Palm Casual. And um, and he runs an outstanding business. And uh, he's best best buddies with Ike Crowfoot and Scott Spurrier, all those guys that all played at Carolina. So you'd be supporting a great uh, great local company there as well. Nice. Yeah, yeah I just email. Jim comes in with the sentiment that I've got. Yeah, make sure vlog. vlog. Let's vlog these uh, Carolina Rise events. I have no idea how to do that. I I think what I'm going to try to do. (laughs) You take video, send it to me, and I'll the wing (laughs) eating contest. I think I'm going to stream it live on uh, the Big Spur Facebook page. Check check with uh, check with home team first and make sure their Wi-Fi strong enough. The Wi-Fi. No, that's the live stream. Yeah. Yeah, it's, well, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a live stream. Your vlog for those that have on, not on Wi-Fi. Uh, those that have not liked the Big Spur Facebook page, it's actually South Carolina Gamecocks at twenty four seven Sports. That's the name of the page. It does not say the Big Spur, but it's the Big Spur's page. So uh, we 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 signed that page away when twenty four seven Sports was uh, building out their Facebook, and it's got a ton of likes. We actually streamed this show on the page. Uh, but, uh, so, but it's not, it's branded 24 seven sports and, and not the big spur. So there we go. All right, Cam, you got it, man. Cam, so there's going to be two cams in, in uh, Charleston, my brother and Cam, Cam J he's the winner. So, uh, you got it, buddy. Uh, you are on the list. You are, you are the w- winner, winner, chicken dinner. All right. Congratulations. You're the winner. So Look looking up. forward to seeing Cam. Cam always brings the thunder on the discussions too, man. He's a, I, I like talking to him about ball. He's a, he's a, he's a good guy. Even on like on Facebook and stuff, he'll comment on some stuff and we'll, we'll, we'll conversate. So uh, it'll be good to have you, have you out there, Cam, and uh, bring something to get signed or you can pick some stuff up to get signed and meet some great Gamecocks and have a little fellowship. A fellowship. Mm-hmm. We're having a fellowship in Mount Pleasant. Oh my gosh! With lots, uh, I can't. I can't wait for Nat to meet all of you either, because she's <laughs> she's about to meet like a ton 
of folks I talk about all the time and included you know, those of you in the audience and then some friends of mine and members of the big spur and a lot of great game. Oh, I, th- so, I thought you were talking to me and Phil. I was like, wait, we we've met, we know that. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. But not, not you and Phil. But, oh, uh, that's what I thought you were talking but, about. I was no, like, no, I'm talking about y'all in the audience. Are... Y'all that are coming <laughs> to the game. So I'm not, not the so, same um, day you did. He's not lying. He's not lying. We met the same day. You know, it was uh well wait a minute. Were y'all at the rehearsal? Y'all were at the rehearsal dinner. No, you beat you, know, you beat by a day. I beat you by a day. I beat you by a day because I saw mm-hmm. her at the rehearsal. So good thing, JC uh-huh. or Phil would be with Nat. Oh no. I don't say that. <laughs> For a number know. of reasons. No, I've got my one and only. Yeah, we know. I've Phil's wife one is one of my best friends. I mean, you know, so she's uh, like what about she's in like the inner inner circle. You're gonna be wondering you're gonna be wondering why Phil's wearing a mask tomorrow. Like, I thought COVID was over. Uh I was talking about getting a ticket today for my cell phone up to my ear. And somebody said, did you have a mask on in the car? And like, there are people around this place. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a symbol. You know, people wear their mask. I, I was, the other day, I was going to the, the grocery store. This lady had a mask on in her car. I poop you not, James. Not James Churchill. But that's, that's a, uh, that's a line from a, uh, Minute work, which is an underrated movie. Oh yeah, oh mm-hmm. you'll swing for this, James. I you not. They haven't. They haven't. That is a great movie. Been a while since it is a really good movie. That dude, the, dude the, the, the guy that makes it's the dude that was. He's also in Platoon. He, he, he reminds me of Corey Miller because he kind of talked. Corey Miller and him kind of have the same voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right, good mm-hmm. talk. <laughs> Nat, Nat had had enough. That's right. Yeah, she's heard enough. Forget it. Uh, We're gonna shut him up until we get to Charleston. Uh, what, let's let's uh, before we hit our final time out of the afternoon. Let's shout out Chris. I'm not a Gamecock alum, but my late father was class of 1957. We had season tickets 55. We've had we've had season tickets 55 plus years. I'm not a Gamecock. Al- oh. He tried that twice. Um, but, uh, well, yep, hats off. Because yeah. uh, yeah, our family's about the same way, about 55 I, I years. Had, so I, had, I attended Carolina, but I graduated from upstate. I kind of went upstate Carolina. Oh, that didn't work out. And then back to upstate. Um, but uh, Mark, who, by the way, Mark listens from one of my favorite cities on earth I haven't been to since summer of 2014. I have to get back to. Magnificent Las Vegas, Nevada. Which, by the way, you know, that may be when I turn my fiance to my wife, that may be where we end up doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get her talked into the Elvis ceremony. Oh, wait, Phil, you oh. could really be classic Phil out there. Yeah, classic Phil, Phil. You, yes. Phil, come out there, watch classic Elvis Phil. marry me classic and Nat. Phil. But uh, it, uh, so Mark, Mark tunes in from Vegas and he says there's mass bandits out there too. Yeah, I like, I don't know, man. It's like I saw a lady I did walking the, with one the other day. I was like, I did the mask thing for a, a month. I was like, Mister Mask. I didn't have a problem with. It. I was like, all right, well, I got to do our part. And then I got over it in about a month. You know, <laughs> fifteen days to stop the spread. I was like, well, damn, it's been thirty. 
I'm tired of this, this <laughs> diaper on my chin, chin diaper, you know, and, uh, oh man, uh, man. And then one day I went into the store, I forgot my mask and this lady, like I was buying some squash and she was just like, Oh my God, he's breathing on the squash. Ah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, my cousin and I had a had a run in with somebody up in uh, Maggie Valley one time who uh, wouldn't go to the counter to get his pizza because we weren't standing six feet away from him, and we just looked at him and said, <laughs> "Looks like it's gonna be a, you, you're gonna be a little hungry tonight." Think, little, we little, we little ain't moving. I appreciate it. I'm like, I don't want to be. So, so this is, <laughs> had its, had its <laughs> I didn't like that guy anyway. Stand back yeah, anyway. Know, you know? Know. <laughs> no, and, it, and look, I, I, I do want to preface this by saying if you have immune issues and, and, and all that and you wear a mask, I'm not, I'm not judging you. Oh, no, no, no. It's what not about I don't that. like is the people that wear masks that judge other people that choose not to. That's that's where I'm coming from yeah. with that. So yeah. I'm just like, nah. Uh, yeah, Quantrill to wear a mask at the gym. That sucked. Well, oh, I mean, they were making – I went to my cousin's game at BE last year. They're playing basketball, and they're running around with masks on. I'm like, you, you got a better chance of poking – from having the mask on running up and down the floor. If you're all really that worried about this, you don't need to be playing the game. But anyways, that's, that's we got it. We let's get off of that so we don't. This isn't. Right, this 12, isn't. Yeah, it's, people don't want to hear that. It's twelve forty-five on this Wednesday. Carlson, filling in. Yeah, twelve forty-five on this. It is a just a beautiful Wednesday afternoon out there. Uh, it is time for our final timeout of the afternoon. We are live from the preferred partner of Gamecock Athletics, the Sinorama Studios. We'll be right back. Back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barndo Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and D. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock owned and operated. What's up, Gamecock fans? Ethan Petrie from Land Lakes, Florida. And you were listening to the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. On deep drive to left. Morgan looks up and it is gone. 
0-2 is sent to center. And this one is going to be long gone. Shot the opposite field from Casas, and it's gone. 2-0. That's driven deep to left. Langford looks up, and it's gone. Midways get lonely without Carolina baseball. I, I really missed not having a baseball last night to watch. So, you know, that was Gamecocks. I know. I know. I was all set last night. I was actually walking on the porch about 6.30. And I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll eat out here tonight. And then I realized, we're not playing tonight. What am I doing? Uh, so, came came back. Came back inside. That, um, I, be, I know we, we'll, we'll obviously talk more about it tomorrow and on uh, – on Friday, but um, that that Friday night pitching matchup is going to be uh, something something special. Will Sanders is going to need to be really good because uh, the kid that the lefty that's starting uh, Tommy Vale for uh, Auburn has not given up an earned run or a run period in his last two starts. Eleven and two thirds innings pitched, fourteen strikeouts. Now he has carried seven walks into that. Um, so we'll have to, we'll have to, um, you know, monitor that. That's something obviously that Carolina's Carolina's pretty good at. So we'll, we'll see, but, um, that's going to be a good matchup. I hope people don't get lost in the fact that Auburn isn't a top five national team, uh, because they're really damn, they're, they're, they're in the sec. They're good. Well, how many, you know, top tier day one starters, you know, or series, you know, first game of the series starters have we just completely annihilated? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it doesn't uh, even scare me anymore. I'm like, you know what? Bring it up. Bring on your best. Cause you yeah. know, we got it. We got a good team. It's good to see, you know, iron go against iron. You know, I want to see yeah. the best teams play the best teams. That's why I'm excited. I, 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 I love this. This season has been so fun. <laughs> yeah. So it's, we play in a good conference too, that we always I, get quality matchups. I know. <laughs> always every week. It doesn't matter who you play every week. It's hard. Uh, somebody asked earlier, what was Gavin Casas's batting average in the SEC? And it's it's only two twenty six. But um, if I asked you what is Cole Messina's batting average in the SEC, you'd probably say, "Oh, he's probably up there, two seventy, two eighty, or something like that, two twenty seven. But it does seem like Messina has had a much better run in league play, and it's just not by much. Uh, he's hit one more home run, and remember, Casas didn't play much last weekend, or that could be tied. So. Uh, both those guys, that, you know, from an average standpoint, it's it's not uh, it's not where you'd think it it might be. But to Casas's credit, he's been on base forty three percent of the time in league play. So so that's pretty good. And um, so hopefully he can get in there this weekend and do some damage. Guys, the draft is tomorrow night, uh, or at least it starts tomorrow night. Um, Mel Kuyper's final position group rankings are out. Uh, I'm not sure how much y'all have looked at it, but he he does have Cam Smith as the 11th best corner in the draft, and he's got Darius Rush as the 13th best corner in the draft. Both of those guys kind of right there. Uh, JC, your mic's off. Um, I just don't know that – I mean, I watched a lot of football this year. Uh, 
not not a certainly not ever going to proclaim myself to be a draft expert, but find it kind of hard to difficult uh, difficult to believe that there are ten guys better than Cam Smith and Darius Rush in this draft. Thoughts on that? Ah, Kuiper's sometimes wrong. Uh, I'd be surprised if they last that long. I, th- I think not so much Rush, but but Cam. I, I think Cam. I think there's there's some franchises out there that want to take him early, that have are worried that he's going to go ahead. Uh, and this happens in the draft. You'll see a guy, oh, his draft stock plummeted, and uh, then oh, he went in the late first round. That's a surprise. You know, so, yeah. uh, and I don't know that Cam will go in the first round, but I, I wouldn't, there aren't too many better cover corners in college football last year. No. If you really watch his film, I mean, you know, he, he didn't like have a, a huge number of interceptions or anything, but that's usually because he was shutting his side of the field down and nobody would throw it his direction. Right. Look at what he did against Jalen Hyatt. Um, now, you know, there, sometimes he gets beat. He got beat by, uh, Collins from Clemson on that big, long slant. But that happens, you know, to corners in the sport of football. So, I don't know. Um, Tiffany says, I haven't believed you guys have mentioned our new director of nutrition and assistant director. I can't pronounce his name, Tiffany. That's why I didn't say it. But he keeps coming, coming from up here. The Chicago Cubs. The Cubs. He was performance a performance coach for the Cubs. And then there's an assistant director that came from Louisiana Lafayette football, but the, taking Krista Coggins place, the, the guy from the Cubs. So whose name I cannot pronounce. Yeah. So, they're all, West, West Mitchell, West Mitchell reported that just to, in the interest of fairness. So congrats Correct. to old Wes with that news. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That the, uh, he had it. I don't even know if anybody else has even got it to this point, but, um, but he's got it. So that is certainly something that we'll, we'll get into in the coming days, but, uh, uh, I, I don't mean this at all disrespectfully, just not a lot, not a lot there right now. And, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. A couple other quick notes that I want to make sure we pass along from the, the draft side of things. Zach Pickens will enter the draft tomorrow night as the sixth ranked defensive tackle, uh, in the draft, uh, sixth rate defensive tackle. So we'll see what that means for big Zach and, and, and where he ends up. Maybe, a Maybe a third. third or fourth, third or fourth round draft yeah. pick. Uh, certainly, something that's been discussed. That's a high and, position value, yeah. And uh, Javon Gwynn is the last guard in the rankings, uh, ranked twenty first, uh, coming out of college. Javon Gwynn. So we'll see if he gets a shot somewhere. I don't know. The uh, game guys may have Mister Irrelevant again. That'd be like the third time in twenty years. Yeah, Ron- Mister Irrelevant and Justice Cunningham and Justice Cunningham. Yep. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Suckup's still kicking. <laughs> yeah, he is, man. He's 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 got a leg on him. He just got released last year. Yeah, but he signed. He got picked. Did he pick up? Did he get picked up? Yeah. Yeah, or either that or he's Bowl. about to. Yeah. With Brady. That dude has <laughs> thunder yeah. leg. Yeah. That dude's a, that dude. Uh, I remember the Holtz. He's from Hickory, North Carolina. The Holtz staff had him committed when Spurrier got here. He picked the Gamecocks over Auburn. And, uh, God, that dude, you know, Josh Brown kicked for Spurrier that first year. Then after that, it was all Ryan. Mm-hmm. That kick, you're really good. Carolina has some really good kickers through the years, including the one they have now. And, well, you know, that was after a stretch where, it, you know, yeah, Parker White, Elliot Fry, Elliot Fry, Parker White, 
Uh, Parker kicked a lot. Will Muschamp, uh, of all the players Will Muschamp coached, he had an unshakable faith in Parker White. Come on, Parker, we're just going to line up from 60 and kick it. Yeah. All right. Boom. Yeah. Boom, boom. Uh, but then Mitch Jeter is just like an assassin. So, well, I, is, is, is – go ahead. No, I, I was just going to say, I remember um, – when when Weaver kicked that ball to win it in the Outback Bowl, mm-hmm. I, I remember thinking to myself, "We, you know, back then, if you if you could get it forty five yards, you, you were you were a dude. Now forty five is normal." But um, mm-hmm. but I remember thinking, "Well, maybe we've kind of turned the page here." And then, um, you know, it, they kind of rolled it over a couple of years later to get Josh Brown, who I, who I call a friend to this day. He's a great guy, but Josh Brown goes up to Knoxville and. And boots that one barely, barely, barely across the crossbar to beat Tennessee for the first time ever in Knoxville. And then after that, it was on. You know, basically the suck up era began, and 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 just kicker after kicker after kicker have come Don't through. Don't forget here. Lanning Spencer, Lanning Spencer, oh, you, Lanning Spencer. Spencer. Lanning you know, Spencer. Stephen Flint tells a great story about that because he was there when that happened. Yeah, you know, Lanning Spencer. Spencer Lanning coach. Yeah, well, this, that, and the other. Okay. Um, Lanning Spencer. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever he wants to call him. Uh, but when that happened for the first time. Uh, Quantrell's question, JB or JC, uh, yeah, when it comes to baseball recruiting, is South Carolina similar to how the state of Georgia is in terms of football recruits? Is South Carolina a hotbed for baseball recruits? Historically, yes. Um, they'll have some down years here and there, but Generally, oh yeah, yeah. There's there's exceptional talent, exceptional talent. Yeah, in the state of it, South Carolina. It's good, but, but I'll say this though: it's not baseball. Georgia and Florida still lap South Carolina in terms of number of prospects, and and but it's because the population in those states, and you know, and, and I think in Georgia's case, it's Atlanta and and the school systems and the communities because those communities in Georgia invest a ton in athletics. Uh, and then the Atlanta school districts are, you know, flush with cash, uh, and they have good facilities and good coaches and all that good stuff. But yeah, South Carolina is a great baseball state. I mean, and and the college programs in in really both Carolinas are all really good. I mean, North Carolina is a great baseball state too. So uh, you know, but you, you look around and see, there's really not a program you can point to. Uh, that hasn't had some type of success. Uh, if you think about it, North Carolina, NC state, wake forest, Duke, uh, app state was good at baseball a couple of years ago. Charlotte's been good. Wilmington obviously has been good. East Carolina Campbell is now good. Uh, coastal has won a national championship in this state, South Carolina, Clemson, Furman, Furman dropped baseball. So there, we don't need to talk about them anymore. Uh, Citadel went to the College World Series one year. Charleston Southern's had runs. College of Charleston's had runs. Winthrop has been good from time to time. Uh, it's a hell of a college baseball state. It really is. Well, I, I, I can I – can, I used to be right in the thick of a lot of this stuff, so I can tell you with absolute full confidence the thing that uh, pushed really, you know, Georgia out ahead of everybody was – their uh their commitment to travel baseball in the east Cobb area um yeah. i've coached over there many times uh played over there as a player um it was the hot i mean we played over there against teams that flew in from all over the country to play there played teams from vegas and 
Nashville and uh, New York and Texas and California. I mean, you name it. Everybody went to Atlanta to play in, in the East Cobb. I'm still a little bit surprised that somebody hasn't invested in a in a uh, complex that size in the state of South Carolina, somewhere maybe a little bit outside of Columbia uh, or, or Charleston. There are those types of facilities, but nowhere near um, what what like East Cobb and, and, and those things have done over there. Um, but, but with all of that, uh, the state of South Carolina, when it comes to the quality of player, quality of player, there's good as anywhere. There's no doubt about it. As good as anywhere. I'll, I will never back down from that. Uh, they're as good as anywhere. So hats off. Hats off to all the great coaches in the state of South Carolina. That's what I was going to say. Maybe it's a hot bit of better coaching. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great coaches here. There's just a lot of people that love the game in this state. And um, I, I can tell you that moving forward, there's going to be a lot of kids that who the last couple of years had gone elsewhere. I mean, elite programs, Louisville, Mississippi State, Virginia, North Carolina State, East Carolina, places like that, 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 that never used to happen. Those days are over. Uh, they'll, be, they'll be coming right back to South Carolina. So certainly looking forward to that. All right. Um, if any of you happen to miss our conversation with Coach Kingston, who recruits these kids, Hopefully you can go back and, and check it out. We'll we'll try to clip it as well and get it out there. And uh, it was a really fun conversation, as it always is with him. But he really dove into some interesting things today. And so hopefully you can check that out. Tell your friends, as always, buy your tickets. Tomorrow night's the night. Carolina Rise Live at Home Team Barbecue in five points. And then mm-hmm. right around the corner is at noon on Saturday at Home Team Barbecue in Mount Pleasant. And we will be selling tickets at the door, so don't worry if you're sitting around and decide to come out. Just come on out. Uh, if you pay cash at the door, it's uh, forty five. Uh, if you run the card or use Venmo or something like that, it's, it's the fifty. But uh, we uh, don't don't hesitate to come on out, even if you forget to get on or don't can't find the link or whatever. Just come on out. We'd love to see you at both locations. And uh, in addition to football, tomorrow night at Home Team Barbecue, there will be a baseball presence there. And uh, you'll just have to wait and see who it is. So we'll uh, certainly looking forward to that. Phil, uh, you and I will be steering this ship tomorrow as JC will be en route. But we will, uh, I think, have him at some point in time in the show. Prior to, though, uh, we've got David Cloninger leading off tomorrow. So we'll certainly get into some draft and baseball with him. He'll be followed up by a newly uh, Jersey-retired Kip Faultnight. <laughs> and uh, we will also be joined tomorrow uh, by uh, Chris Phillips with the Spurs Up show. So it's a, it's, a, it's a boatload of stuff. So we hope you'll all spend your Thursday with us before you spend your evening with J.C. and everybody at Home Team Barbecue. Thanks to Coach King, J.C., and Phil, and always thanks to all of you. We're built by the Barndo Company, thebarndominiumco.com, and live from the Sinorama Studios who have saved the day for Carolina Rise Live. Make sure you uh, send all your business to Sinorama.com, the West Columbia location owned by our friend Matt Vaughn. We'll see you tomorrow on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.